Hello everyone and welcome to This Agency Life, the podcast where we go into deep detail about what it's like to run an agency. Today I'm joined by our operations director, Miss Vicky Simans. How, <laughs> sorry, Mrs. <laughs> you know something, we were um. shooting a, a live podcast with your husband, Chris Simans, a podcast called And We Have an Office Dog, and he made the comment by accident, you're stealing my wife. And I've just yeah. called you miss instead of missus. There you go. I am in trouble. Yeah. Anyway. Never mind. How are you doing? Good. How's your week been? All right. I think, uh, honestly, this week there's been a lot of learning for me. Um, okay. Yeah. I think we've been quite busy. I think we've, we're at a point where we're obviously trying to look at the agency, get an overview. Like, where are we at? Where do we, where do we want to go? How are we going to grow? Um, basically getting the state, state of the lay of the land mm-hmm. um and yeah I think it was interesting this week because I mean I think looking we had a chat with finance looking at where we are and um, looking at how we're going to grow and I think it just brought back to me just coming back to basis in terms of we really need to just have another look at the basics like we're doing a good job things are moving along mm-hmm. like we're getting new business the team are doing a great job um but I think it's just looking at actually how do we um how do we maximize things in terms of like efficiency profitability because I think it, it opened my eyes because I was like actually there's still a lot that we can be doing here not that it's ever done but I think it's yeah. in my mind just taking a step back and being like actually there's a there's some there's some work we can do like a lot more work we can do here to just get things a bit better yeah there's a Bruce Lee quote uh, I think it's Bruce Lee let's say it's Bruce Lee let's say it's Margaret Thatcher no let's so Bruce Lee says um I'm not scared of the man that knows a thousand kicks. I'm scared of the man that practices one kick a thousand times. Now, with running an agency, it's a formula business. There's certain things that have been mapped out since the dawn of time that you can optimize for. And it's funny when you're going for growth, it's either, well, you can't really do grow a business and have amazing top line revenue. So, you know, revenue growth. Mm. Um, and bottom line growth, profit, it's very hard to maintain both. And when you're doing lots of different projects and lots of different things and onboarding lots of new people and giving you responsibilities, it's really easy to get caught up in taking your eye off of that, practicing that one kick. And it's so fundamental. But um, I'm glad that there's a safe pair of hands like you behind the wheel because that means that all of that stuff is taken care of, and I think it's a Peter Drucker quote, what gets measured gets managed. It's like looking at utilisation. Like, we had utilisation before, but it was, like, department level, mm-hmm. which is not useful. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's a use to it, but, yeah, we need to look at it different ways. Yeah, yeah. so getting it per person, looking at profitability mm. per client, just really smart things that we, you know, when you're small, and what usually happens when you're small You've got one or two big clients and they're profitable and pay for everything, mm. which you can't do when you're a bigger organisation. It's just not a thing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. We're doing our uh, monthly meeting today. Um, what are you looking forward to talking to the team about in particular? Um, so, yeah, I'm actually talking to them about what I've been working on, which is utilisation. So looking, so we use Coda as the project management tool. Yeah. Um, so what I've been doing is actually working on how I make it um because we look I look at it but I, I think it's something that the team need to be 
well, they do need to be looking at it day to day and just making it easier for them, actually helping them to do their jobs, which is part of my role, yeah. a key part of my role and facilitating that. So I just want to talk them through like how I'm going to help you, how I'm sort of helping them to make it more visible. That's on a client level, an individual level. Um, and just, I think, just reiterating like how, I mean, how we measure it and why it's important and empowering them to look at it. Because I think... Um, I think that's the thing they, you know, account managers, they do a great job. Um, but I think, and they, that's the thing, they focus a lot on the delivery, which is fantastic. So I need to support them in actually thinking about... Very proud of their work. And that, like that, like... Brilliant job. Yeah, it, it's, that's such a nice feeling to see them going over and above and like really... Because you can tell when there's apathy. Yeah. And I think that's one an agency killer. I used to work at a big box agency, um, like one of the network agencies as my first job. And no one really cared mm. if the client went up or down. They were like, okay, it's went up. Okay, it's went down. They just didn't really care. The client partners cared because they were bonused on yeah, it. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. But um, the account managers didn't. Ours do. They're coming to us with like yeah. totally left of field ideas. And yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good couple of months, I think. Uh, moving forward yeah exactly and I feel like that's and that I'm sort of trying to help them to do their jobs from that perspective um and yeah because I think that's the thing it's they're doing a great job of delivery so like how do I help them in terms of making sure we manage that best, best for the clients um and like I think that's the thing as well at the moment the nice thing is like we've got them doing not just client tasks, but we've also got them working on internal stuff. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing as well. Like it's, they're recognising the importance of that. Um, so, you know, you've been, um, you're getting them to work on some marketing for Taipei, which is exciting. Yeah, I asked actually, when it came to working out what's billable and non-billable, we put together a deck. Uh, sorry, we, <laughs> that's, that's just what I do now. I just take credit for all that's your work. <laughs> 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 um, you put together a deck and it looked at our internal work and I was like we should make that billable so that you know it's taken seriously as if it's like a real client because we don't like the classic thing what's that phrase it's like the cobbler's children run barefoot meaning that yeah. you never do your own no. thing well because you're too busy doing it for other people yeah. um and I didn't want that to happen but you said um so yeah, the idea of having billable hours is so you're mindful of profitability, but it doesn't take away from the fact that that non-billable stuff is still important mm -hmm. and it is still vital. It's more about, and I think that's one of the things that I do want to get clear with the team, where I'm talking about billable versus non-billable. I'm not saying billable important, non-billable. We still need to prioritise them correctly, but that non-billable stuff is just as important to support the billable work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that is a key point, though, and I can see why um, you might think, oh, non-billable, we don't really want to focus on that. But you do need to you need to invest in that stuff to like things like training as well. That would be non-billable, but we still need to invest in that to support the billable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when it comes to some internal projects, so doing our own um, marketing and eating our own dog food. So pre-pandemic, we done quite a lot mm -hmm. of it. And it got us to a really good place. Um, however, when it, you cannot analyse anything that you're doing for a business, you it makes sense to look for bottlenecks and look for weaknesses so that you can like make allowances for it or you can plug gaps. 
And oh, here's a question: um, Who have you heard of Harvard University? Yeah. Who invented it? Oh, I don't know. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, with Taipei, it was always uh, someone who used to work for us actually said a really damning thing to me once. He said when he was leaving the business, he's like, I said, why are you leaving? He's like, well, and this was in 2016, 17, so quite a while ago. So it's like we were very young. He said, well, it's not really a company, is it? It's you're just a freelancer and we help you do the work. And I was like, oh, God, shit, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So the reason why I said the Harvard thing is... um, that was actually Deepak uh, from Pearl Lemon that told me that little one. Um, the reason I say that is because you don't want to build it around you, the cult of you, because I was the bottleneck. So when it was pandemic time, we were all locked in our house. I did do a couple of videos, but you need to be like Mr. Happy all the time. And I am generally like, I've got a very middle of the road disposition, but doing that kind of like overly Americanized, happy YouTuber stuff, it's not very sustained. It really depends on your mood. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I want to be able to take holidays and not constantly on the button for, you know, needing to be here all the time. So, um, yeah, we're putting together some marketing stuff. We're going to be doing, well, already we're doing our own SEO. So we started to rank for some stuff. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say what. Oh, <laughs> you can probably all check your own <laughs> SEO people anyway. But um, we started to rank for stuff and getting, we converted a lead actually from ranking for something which usually I was always like oh if you rank for like SEO agency terms that's you know Bob the builder who doesn't yeah. know <laughs> what he's doing and he's got 20 quid to spend nope this was a proper this was our retainer size fantastic yeah really that's good really encouraging this is part of the marketing as well um obviously it's not for uh sales and lead gen it's more for the because the thing is, with our business, there's two tranches, right? There's the marketing for sales and there's the marketing to hire because the more sales you get, the more people you need. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the balance. Um, what else? What else? Uh, we're building some internal tooling, which I'm not going to say too much about right now. Um, building out a big social media calendar. And yeah, just loads going on. Mm-hmm. But it feels calm and controlled going on mm-hmm. rather than... So we've got... Ron, the orig- the OG videographer. <laughs> That's him. Where is he? <laughs> he's really he's really humble and chill, yeah, as you can tell. And um, yeah, uh, Ron Alibi. What's your? Do you have a domain? Um, Ronald Alibi. Just Google Ronald Alibi. Um, the original OG videographer. I've c- that whooping is completely lost. I can't remember what I was gonna uh, say about it. Um, so. Y- yeah, so we used to do video stuff together, but um, he used to come in and have to, like, G me up. Okay. To give me, like, mm. energy to, like, get in the in the zone. And we want to build things that do not require one man to be G'd up. Yeah. So that's what we're currently building. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think your videos were great. I think every... I mean, I didn't know you very well, like, a few years ago, but even I'd seen the videos. And Team hated that. I'd seen... Yeah. When we used to hire people, it's like, how did you hear about Taipei? And they're like, oh, I've watched the videos. And I was like, oh, don't... His ego is too much. Yeah, Chris was like, oh, there's this guy called Ross. I'm like, who? Oh, that one, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and saw your face on banners. and Yeah, so... um, That was... Can I tell you a quick story about the yeah. face on banners? I don't know if this will get me in trouble or not, 
Well, we'll see. So I was I'm tell you, I was not say the company name. So there's a very large SEO tool, the biggest in the world, in fact, that I'd done a lot of work for in 2019, promoting them and giving them content and things. And they got me to sign a release waiver, which I didn't really pay any attention to, which allowed them to use my likeness. Your likeness? Mm. Oh, wow, okay. In marketing material. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that just means that that's like a release form so they can put my videos on their site. Yeah. What they've done. <laughs> to this day, someone sent me a text message and they're like, um, who's this? Uh, I think it was Stuart. He's like, who's this boy he did bastard I see on my Facebook or something like that? Because they're still using my face in their ads. Oh, wow. And that year at Brighton, yeah, I remember that like there was like a seven foot banner with my big stupid face on it and all the leaflets had me on it. And I walked up to them, I'm like, what are you because <laughs> they didn't tell me oh my and they're God. like it's great right i'm like this is like that's crazy i feel like if i was american i'd be like i'm great look at yeah. me my face in a banner there's something about being british that that is so cringeworthy and embarrassing yeah. but also the way you are that's not you and i think it's it, it's um you're not that you know it's one thing if they spoke to you that is different but the fact that they didn't i can imagine you would have been like not happy at all. Yeah, so that was the the thing. Wow. And okay. Stuart, I'm not going to... He said, who's this C-word following me around the internet? Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, like, joking apart, I think this, your stuff you did was fantastic. Like, it was engaging. It was accessible. Mm. And it definitely had... Like, it's, it's done great for you. I, it definitely... I got the impression it did well for Taipei. But, like you said, the the... The um, limitation of that, it, that it was very much you. Mm. Um, and I think from a business perspective, it's great now that it's more focused on the business, but also that takes the pressure off you. Because I think doing that yourself and driving it, it does, um, one, it's a lot of hard work. And two, it's not going to be beneficial in the long run. Um, it no permanence either. What I didn't realise was, so there's a bunch of people, because making SEO content, especially if it's basic, can be quite dull. Mm. So I remember I was asked to do, like, do a video about internal linking, and you're just like, oh God, <laughs> not a lot of entertainment value there. But it's important, right? So it's meant yeah. to be educational. But we never really done that sort of stuff. We were getting on to it, so trying to rank videos for SEO keywords and things. But we done SEO news. Okay. The problem with that is that has got a shelf life of a week or two, and then it's no longer relevant. Yeah, so all that... SEO, all that SEO traffic, all the traffic from that was not SEO traffic, it was social media traffic, which relied on you feeding the beast. Mm. Same with a company that hired us to do their SEO, uh, one of the big social media um, brands. Um, if they all went on holiday for two weeks, their traffic would go to hard zero because they had no rankings. It was all wow. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. all that sort of thing. That's dangerous. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the marketing is kicking off. We've um, done a bunch of compare analysis to see like what's actually out there and what we should be aiming for. Um, surprisingly thin, there's like two or three big digital marketing companies that are doing well with their own digital marketing. Interesting. And the rest are just nowhere. Was that a surprise for you or was that the feeling you were getting? Kind of. So when people back in the day used to be like, oh, you're doing so well, you're so successful and so young, I'm just like, I knew that the reason for it wasn't some magic that I had in me. It was because I was in an industry that was growing 
and I was just surfing the wave of the growth. Our business grew at the rate at which the market grew, mm. which is technically standing still because you're not doing anything. But now, how many LinkedIn posts have you seen over the last year of like, I've went freelance, I've started an agency? Yeah. Like peak yeah. agency. Yeah, exactly. And that's definitely like a post pandemic thing as well. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that. So on sales and new business this um, month, so we got. I think six good leads in, like really good, our target, the whole thing. Um, we've converted two and two are still pending, but that's our, we hit 30%, so I wouldn't expect to convert anymore. But the ones we lost, uh, one we said no to because the CMO came on and he was just like, <laughs> you were on that call. I was on the call, yeah. We probably shouldn't say just in case they watch this, but like, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that was a, um, yeah, it was a one where it's like, I am i don't want to talk to you. I don't think I'm going to want your t- my team to talk to you. So <laughs> to deal with um, and it's always things that you always feel a bit like, so you always have to second guess yourself as well and be like, is this a professional thing? Or actually, that's such a core part of what you need to think about. So the actual people you'd be working with. Yeah, you need know, to get really. It's like chemistry call, and yeah, there was exactly. no. Ba- There's just bad vibes, so yeah. uh, we stepped away. Um, the other ones, um, I'm seeing competitor agencies cut their own throat at the moment. What do I mean by that? Mm. I mean, um, we lost one because uh, budget. So our fees are not that high, considering what we give people like these interactive mm-hmm. digital PR assets that are like fully developed plus outreach it ends up working out like very cheap to generate links in the yep. long run with that yep. methodology so they're beating us on pricing but the pricing is like half of ours and I'm like what are you doing both both client and agency I'm like our margins are like 20 percent there's no way in hell you're gonna make yeah. any money Another one was contract length. They were they, they were it was being us and another agency. He's like, We really want to work with you. However, you can only do a thirty day rolling contract. And I'm like, No. And also what are you gonna do in that time? <laughs> like, you know, what value do you think you're gonna get? Like it's just real alarm bells when yeah. someone's like thirty day cancellation. I'm like, Yeah. Why? Marketing budgets are signed off annually. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is You've, uh, we've also had um, not in Taipei, but I mean, we've I've had it for where contra you know contra deal sort of thing about oh. you know um, paying if from an SEO perspective, for example, paying like dependent on performance or shares, etc. And we've have you know I've done it in the past, but it's just yeah, I think it's all red flags now. That's something that's been done in the past, and yeah. I, th- I think if people are serious, they need to invest and they need to understand what they're paying for and why it's important to have that commitment. Yeah, back in the day, I used to try and really hard sell people and convert them into like why it's a great idea. So speaking to one of the, the prospects, and he's like, so why should we go you and why this and why that? And I'm like, we've seen our cred stack. Mm. We've done a full proposal. We've looked at how your business works. We've dissected it. We've told you a strategy that we would end up doing. You know why? like oh I'm just not convinced I'm like fine I'm done then yeah. <laughs> like it's there's no whereas before I think when I was starting out I would have been like oh well I'll shovel your snow and babysit your children and what like you know like <laughs> have to shut off my back 
Yeah. Literally. I'll give you a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good marketing strategy. Yeah, there you uh, go. Um, but I don't think we're just, we're just less bothered, which sounds almost smug, but it's actually bad business to I was pull that into the agency because it just creates absolute chaos. One of the values that we kind of live by is fix the inputs, do not manage outputs. And before we had mm. all level of retainers that were all based on hours. We had um, all level of like contract length, some were 30-day rolling, some were quarterly, some were one-off projects, some were whatever. Chaotic. Try forecasting that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think that's, um, yeah, like you, because I was going to say like what drove that switch in mindset, but I suppose it's what you've said around actually you saw the impact of doing that and just trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. Taking a step back and looking at, so it's when you start doing longer term thinking as a CEO, I don't use that term, I say MD because we don't have a board. So as an MD, longer term thinking around what's going to happen this year and also not looking at your cash in bank as your personal. That was another thing, actually. Mm. I created personal security for myself because back in the day, I was like watching all this Gary Vee stuff, and he's like, reinvest in the company. I'm like, great idea, grow, grow, grow. But the thing is, if everything went to shit, I had two grand in my bank account, and my rent was almost that. <laughs> so you're like, that's not enough to live here. Yeah. So yeah. you take enough out of the company to be secure for like a year, which is excessive, but that means that if anything really bad happens, it'll be fine. And then you start looking at company money as company money and you start Mm -hmm. thinking of, I can spend this for freedom and growth instead of, we must, are precious, we must protect (laughs) the cash in the bank at all costs, which is just dumb because you're looking at it every month, getting management accounts, game changer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I think that's interesting, that point about... um, company finance because I think in the past with agents like I've worked like I've um, helped run an agency and we really did invest but then it didn't work out Mm. so several reasons um partly market thing but I think that's the thing and so it's trying we've not made that mistake again and we're trying to um because I think that makes you more confident though as well because like you say if you if you know I've got that security you can be more confident in your decisions and you can take a little Oh, sorry. And you can, <laughs> you can take a little bit more risk. Um, this thing's interesting. So when you're going to spend money on anything when it comes to business, you immediately need to look at how you're going to de-risk. So everything is all just about risk management, how comfortable you yeah. are with risk. So the way in which you look at risk um, inside of a business like an agency is you look at core competencies and you look at pipelines and you look at eventualities. So... Um, one of the things I used to do is like, well, what if we? Ne- I used to be terrified we'd never get any sales. Historically, the, the problems that Type A have had have not been around sales ever, which is strange okay. for an agency because most agencies will say it's hard to generate mm-hmm. sales. For us, generating the right sales can be tricky, but getting money in has never been that much of a problem. The problem for us was. Um, developing staff at a senior level that's the hard thing for us because getting an exec in who's a fresh grad doesn't know anything you've got 
years of teaching them stuff and they're still going to be like, this is amazing, you're learning all this stuff. <laughs> Get someone who's got 10 years experience and they're like, what now, Ross? I have the same experience as you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> shit. I'm like, I don't know. But then you start hiring people that are better than you and more experienced than you and then you say, say to them, this is the issue, go solve the issue. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. And then they do it. You're like, oh, that's right. That was yeah. too easy. What happened there? No, exactly. And I think that's the thing, though. I think you've been, um, you've had had to do everything, or you've been in that position where um, it's it, it's. And that, I think that comes though from being a leader as well. Like naturally, it's your business. Mm. You've grown it, and then actually, the great thing is like you've definitely got to a point now where you're giving like more, more to Ray, who who's our. Um, a technical director and I think that's great for him I think he's really enjoying it um you're giving like more stuff to me um in terms of like projects and things to focus on and you know I've got the the scope the capacity I can plan it out yes I'll still run it past you so you're still in the loop but I think that's the thing it's um it's nice now it's getting to the point where you're definitely focusing more on what you need to be doing um I think that that naturally comes as well from an agency thing because as you grow the agency, it's like when do you hand that over and when do you hold on to it? Yeah, company racy matrix. Who's responsible, accountable, consulted, yeah. informed? For most things, I should just be consulted. Yeah, that's it. And I shouldn't be responsible or accountable for no. um, any of it. Talking about Ray taking more responsibility, that felt quite good this week, actually. So we're doing this whole Google Analytics for building a product for mm-hmm. it so we can roll it out to clients Excellent. and doing the training and all that sort of thing. And you're in that uh, Slack group with him and he's asking, well, here's the errors and here's how we see it working and this is what it's going to do. And it then came down to pricing information of like, we could take this from here or we could upsell this and da da Usually, I would give the answer. I noticed. And I was like, <laughs> what do you want to do, Ray? Yeah. And he's like, I want to do this. I'm like, cool, go for it. And that's, you know, it it's fun to be able to to do that and just see things happening because you give people the space and the direction to to do it. Exactly. But I think it's also like the nice thing is like you're accountable, but it's also re- it's reassuring that even if there's you know there's things that crop up or whatever, we're on the same. Um, we support each other in that. So we're committed. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not about you make that decision. That's your problem. It's about, okay, we've discussed it, pros and cons. This is what we're going to commit to. You know what? There might, it, you know, hopefully it's the right decision. But even if there are issues, we'll, we'll work together and we'll just move it forward. And I think it's having that. Um, I, I think that's the other thing. I think sometimes it, it's, um, I've worked in situations in the past where it's felt like it's been a bit like, well, you know, your thing, you sort it out. Whereas it's like, it is, but equally, even if I don't agree with your decision or you don't agree with mine, it's like, okay, well, let's commit to the same direction. Yeah, it's been interesting doing one-to-ones with leadership. because so, And that's one of the things that I am training myself to be better at, is like, how do you speak to leaders in an organization when, you know, I have experience, but not like 20 years leadership experience, you know? Um and speaking to one of the things that Ray and I ended up talking about, he ended the call with, he's like, so I need to do less and think more. I'm like, uh, yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do that. But the idea being that, like, when you're in that world of going from delivery into management and leadership, when you see a problem, you're like, 
you're a hammer and everything looks like a nail, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, oh, I can do this. I've done this a million times before. Yeah. I'm like, you can. You've also got this 30, 40 other things yeah. to do. So here's budget and resource. Come up with Perfect. a plan, which is much harder. And one of the things he's saying is like, oh, I feel guilty when I um, need thinking time. Uh-oh, not with the lecky <laughs> and, and we work. Um, <laughs> um, he needs thinking time. And I'm like, so take, put it in your diary. He's like, oh, well, I'm not getting in trouble for that. I'm like, what? You'll get in trouble for not thinking. Yeah. But that's actually a, a quite a good point. So one of the things we looked at uh, quite recently was what the percentage of billable should be depending on your level. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk through what we ended up uh, kind of finalising? Yeah, so I think um, this is one of those things, you read a lot of articles, you see a lot of things, you go and experience. And um, so originally, I think, I think, okay, another thing, right. Sorry, I'm just going to start again. <laughs> Take a moment. Yeah, take a moment. Um, so you go and experience, like, you know, for example, like typically in agencies, you're probably looking around, say, 80%. Like you want to be aiming 80% utilisation just as a broad measure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what we've been looking at, the other thing we have to take into account is we do a four-day work week. And I think that's something, it sounds silly, but I sort of Curve forgot. <laughs> <laughs> not, not forgot, but I think it it's... Something was like, actually, this does make it a lot trickier. It definitely does. You know, it's mad to me. The fact that we are, like, profitable, but we do 20% less billable hours than normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. I was like, oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, looking at it, because obviously if you're depending on your level, um, so if you've got an exec, um, so we're probably going to look, we are looking at, like, 90% utilisation. What does that mean? So it means that 90% of their hours should be billable, which means things like client work. So we should be able to charge that back. Um, and then manager, you're looking around um, 85%, so a little bit less. And then director, because that's a role where you we've still got some doing in there. So we still need to be doing some like client-level strategic, higher-level stuff. Um, but also, obviously, doing more internal stuff, training with the team, managing the team. So you're more looking at like 60% for a director. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's doing the maths on it. It made me think, okay, well, that means in practice, this is how many hours that we've got to charge out. And then it's thinking about how do we tie that in with what, what do we need to be charging to make it profitable? So it's a, yeah, and I think just doing, um, looking at utilisation like that, it's something I was like, okay, this is really something we need to keep top of mind because um, that's the thing the billable the, the internal stuff is still important it's actually thinking about for us to get the level of profit, profitability that we want we need to be taking that into consideration as well um yeah excellent so uh later on the i think the team are already here i can see some people in the background like playing ping pong and i'm like that's that's not our guest no. <laughs> <laughs> that's our team hang on something about that so we're in canary wharf at the moment and it'll be like 10 o'clock on a tuesday and my office is right next to the table tennis table so i just hear i'm like who are these dickheads playing table tennis on 10 o'clock do you have things to do people (laughs) but it's nice to uh, nice to be in the office so i was ill i I was uh, before this recording started i'm like i want some therapy please 
Um, so yeah, can you be my therapist yes, for a little bit? Absolutely. What do you want to talk about, Ross? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was ill about two weeks ago. I'm over it now. I've still got a little bit of you know sexy phone voice going on, and um, I totally took the week off. Which I know everyone listening to this, they're like, "Yes, you're ill. You took the week off." Yeah, and uh, that's unusual. Even yeah, when I had COVID earlier in the year, yeah. working at home but working through it, um, completely took it off and was at home for a lot of it and got really mopey. I'm like, "Oh, what's going on?" And I got better, went to the gym. It was just instantly a human again. I'm like, "Oh, if you don't move and you don't leave your couch, you get sad." Got it. There you go. And coming into the office every day, um, although none of the team are here mm-hmm. because we don't have a quote unquote office or whatever, I was speaking to a client actually and they're like, Oh, are you gonna get the team back into the office, you know, and have it as flexy? I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is my office they can piss off. <laughs> <laughs> and also a bit bit tricky. Uh yeah. It's a long way from uh Dubai no, Dubai? Abu uh, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And uh, Berlin. So yeah. Yeah, big commute. Um, what else has happened this um, couple of weeks? Well, I was going to ask actually. So you were saying about um, yeah, you like you. I think that's the thing that you've been working really hard. You've been doing a lot, and I think that's probably part of why. Got yeah, a couple of things happened. So I think the last three months, I was a selling machine, massively um, uprooted all of our marketing. Um, Converted a bunch of stuff, done a load of internal stuff, and I was there was one day where I was in here at six a.m., which sounds like I'm talking shit. We hear those like hustle guys on the internet, and it's like just got to work every hour, blah blah blah. And like that's nonsense because you, you physically can't. Um, I started uh, drinking those venti Starbucks iced americanos. Have you seen them? They're four shots. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. will give you a heart attack. Actually, it's great. <laughs> Um, one of them every morning. Six a.m. that. <laughs> so there's a reason why I got sick. Right. Um, too much work. Um, I was getting up at five. Mm. Um, and I was, I mean, I was going to bed at like nine, so I didn't have a, a much of a life. Like I was going out at the weekends and stuff, but you know, sleeping at the weekends mostly. So working a lot. I was also in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Because SEO on the beach is coming up, and I want to get some abs. No. <laughs> <laughs> SEO <laughs> on the beach is coming up. I yeah. put on a ton of weight through the pandemic. I've just let it sit there and I'm slowly getting rid of it, which feels good because yeah. it gives you more looking energy. looking much better, by the way. Thank you. Um, calorie deficit, gym every day, five days a week. In retrospect, that was a wee bit. My central nervous system was fried because mm-hmm. I do something called five by five, which is just heavy as you can, five sets of five squats every day. So I've had to get new trousers because my legs are getting ridiculous, um, which is no bad That's thing. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, no bad yeah. thing. Um, and then there was one weekend where I went to the pub on a Thursday night. I went to the pub on a Friday night. And then I done an all-day brunch drinking thing on a Saturday. Sunday came, mm. scratchy throat, the blocked nose, the fatigue. And I, th- I think what happened was all the inflammation markers from stress, from doing all that work and then being a calidist and all that sort of stuff, plus all the alcohol, my body was like, listen, dickhead, 
this is not something that we can do long term. And it just put me out like that. Yeah. So it's just trying to get the balance there because your body will teach you a very quick lesson. Part of me wants to actually completely remove alcohol from my life. I was speaking to my mate Fraser about this. And I'm like, I like it too much. Not in a, you know, I'm an alcoholic and no, there's actually yeah. vodka in here kind of a way. But like... <laughs> yeah. um, when it's, you know, going on, like, going to conferences and meeting people for beers is great fun. Going for a steak and having wine is great fun. But also, probably drinking 12 pints of Guinness of an evening right. isn't great. So that's where my head's at with that. Yeah, and I think it's a balanced thing. Because I think, because um, I know you were, like, you, you were going great guns in the sense that you were working a lot, going to the gym, like, you know, going out the weekend. Which is great. I think it's just more about getting the balance of it, isn't it? And it's finding, is that what you've come to the decision now? Like what's changed since you got ill? I've came to the decision that there's certain pillars that I need to take care of for everything to work. And the main pillar is actually exercise. So sleep is important, definitely important. But I can go on limited sleep if I'm at the gym. I There's a sauna in my gym as well. It is so good so good it's like and there's cold showers and stuff like that so it's kind of like the w- the way i describe it is you know when you get a glow stick and you snap it and it lights up oh yeah 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 that's what i feel like after i come out of the gym i feel like just all those endorphins are pumping i've got more energy for everything and i thought i was doing a great job ron comes in <laughs> <laughs> what did you say you deadlifted 285 kg what do you weigh 102. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, then you're like, oh, so I'm, I'm nothing, yeah, right? No, but, um, but yeah, the exercise thing is stuff. key. Your running is your thing, right? Yeah, so I think, yeah, for me, it's literally, I used to do the gym and I was like, I just don't enjoy it, actually. I had a personal trainer and I actually, we went away on holiday for a week and I was like, do you know what? I sat there and I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Why am I doing it? And it would be like first thing in the morning because I prefer to exercise in the morning. Right. I was like, actually, it's not working for me. And I think what I've tried to do, so I literally go running once a week and it is good physically, but mentally it's massive. I do it on a either Sunday or Monday morning. Um, but yeah, and I think I've just got to the point where I've just stopped. Not little. I appreciate what other people do, but I'm just listening now. What do I, what works for me? I was like, actually, the running works. I enjoy it. I don't mind it. I was just dreading getting up sometimes in the morning. Um, but also in things like talking about socialising, I've actually, the positive thing actually since the pandemic, like now I'm more based at home, um, partly because of the dogs. But um, I think the positive thing for me out of that, I'm actually going out a bit less. So actually when I go out, I enjoy it more. Yeah. And I've found a better, I am getting older, but I've also found a better um, balance, I think. And I'm I'm definitely happier at work. Like I'm I'm not like bigging it up for the sake of it. I'm definitely happier at work. That's a big thing for me. Um, what well, what's making you happier at work? I was speaking to Ron about this. Um, because so, uh, the way I describe our old setup, you know, 2018 setup as a stress factory, because it kind of is. Because the work's hard enough anyway. Yeah. But with the commute, the office thing, office politics. Yeah, in this we work. There's a couple of things I've seen: people with like shirts with logos on them downstairs getting group photos taken. 
And I took a photo of it and I sent it to the group WhatsApp. And I'm just like, be thankful that we're not <laughs> these dickheads. <laughs> we're not the- Which is <laughs> re- really, I, I'm sure they're all lovely. And also uh, their water cooler chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's grim as fuck. So he's speaking to this guy. He's like, oh, hey, hello, how are you doing? And uh, some, you know, marketing intern's trying to be nice to her boss. Yeah. He's like, so uh, was your commute long? Oh, I'm coming from Hertfordshire, don't you know? Like, and I bet you do in your eight-bedroom <laughs> mansion. Yeah. Top. And um, <laughs> he's like, what about you? And she's like, oh, I've just got a short commute from Peckham. And he's like, oh, yeah. And they're just trying to make this conversation. Yeah. It's just painful they can't wait to get away from each other yeah don't do that to people I think there's another leader thing they're going on there because and I remember this like um I mean I was like ops director in the previous agency but I think I was there more with the team like day to day so it wasn't such a big thing I think for it's but the other thing I would say if you're a leader you've got to look positive (laughs) all the time you've got to be like you have and I don't mean you've got to be fake I just mean you've got to keep that your your feelings impact other people. It definitely does as a leader. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the other thing. Like, it is, it's the thing I do miss about an office, to be honest. But equally, I remember, like, for Chris, it would be quite hard because, especially for him. So, sorry, Chris was the um, MD of the agency. The aforementioned husband. Yeah, the aforementioned husband. Um, and I remember talking to him about this. And, I, yeah, it hit me because he was like, he's coming in from doing, like, sales. And it's really hard. Like, there's a lot of pressure on him. And he didn't have somebody, like, you know, you've got Ray, for example, to manage an SEO perspective. He didn't have anyone in that middle role. It was literally him and then, like, manager level. Um, And the team were great, but he had a lot. He had to deal with the day-to-day. He'd be coming into the office and, you know, he would sometimes be quite, um, probably a bit more direct than maybe he should have been, but it's because also he's got that pressure on him. And I think that's the thing. Like, it's... At least if you're, um, you know, if you are remote, at least you can take that time to yourself when you need to and you can go in when you need to. And it's not about being hiding anything. It's just about being human. Sometimes it is about hiding stuff. I don't want to see your just woke up. That's <laughs> fair. Yes, Keep the cameras off. I, um, but I mean, do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> not about <laughs> deliberately trying to be like, we are human. We're people. Like, we're going to have emotions. It's going to happen. But at least... Um, Sometimes, you know, it you can it's easier when you're I'm the somebody, I get my power from being on my own, my energy from being on my own and with other people, which works quite well. Cause then when I'm in front of people, I get energy. But I do need that time. Um so it does depend as well what sort of person you are. But Yeah, that's interesting. I think I'm probably the same, like an ambivert type thing. So I definitely need long periods of time alone mm. to recharge. And actually one of the uh changes I've made in my life recently was um I was cleaning my so I do this thing when I just get rid of everything I own pretty systematically all the time so I'll just give it like all the stuff that I bought over time I'll just give it to people or sell it or something like that I was cleaning up and I found my old iPhone my iPhone X from like four years ago five years ago I'm like oh is that it this is it but it looks doesn't look like it's old no and it works fine and it's a nice size yeah. yeah, and I'm like, that's what she said. And um, <laughs> so, you know, I was like, why did I buy a new fancy iPhone? What was going through my head? Marketing. Right, <laughs> they got me. Goddamn Steve Jobs. Glad you're dead. No, it's bad um, <laughs> But yeah. um, why doing that? Anyway, so I got this phone and I'm like, well, let's um, take all the social media apps off. Okay. Done ah, that. 
really use Sprout Social only for any like work related stuff. Ideally, going to get a social media manager so um, they can focus on it. Brilliant. Um, and also took my browser off the phone, which was really telling. So I'd go and sit down for like have some dinner at night. And what's the first thing I do? I'm sitting there eating and go off the phone. I'm like, oh, neither do banking or email. <laughs> like, Come on. Put it away. And then I go and sit on the couch and I'm watching like some Peaky Blinders on Netflix or something like that. And then what do I do? Go for the phone. Yeah. So the, the less I look at the phone and the less I'm in it and actually just like practicing being a bit bored sometimes mm, has yeah. made my brain better. And this is a personal thing. So I had a real full, and this, you're going to laugh at this, I had an actual TikTok um, addiction. I'm not laughing because it was true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> so I was sitting down with uh, Chris actually one day and I was showing him my phone, my screen time. I'm like, on Saturday I spent 12 hours on TikTok and he's like, oh yeah, thinking yeah. you're just picking a big number to yeah, yeah, yeah. exaggerate, hyperbole, just to prove the point you're on it a lot. I'm like, no, actually. And he's like, Dude, you opened it when you woke up, looked at it consistently yeah. until you went to sleep. And I'm like, I actually remember going to the bathroom, leaving it on, the video repeating when it was sitting on the sink, and then coming, so it never went off. Wow, okay, I didn't realise that. For multiple days, so that would be my weekend, Saturday, Sunday, that, just like... Dun, dun, dun. And what was the impact on you? You don't realise at the time, but there's a come down because I think you get so flooded with dopamine that um, you feel quite sad, or I do, um, after I use it for a, a really long time because you've got what feels like reward chemicals without doing anything for the reward. So that's one thing. Also, just a pure waste of time. Like, you got to think, like, what kind of human do you want to be? Not that. And I've got, like, a bookshelf full of great books yeah. to, to read. So when I deleted it the other day, do you know what I'd done instead of look at social the other day? Did you read a book? Read a book. Do you know what I'd done after that? Go on. Organise my notes. Uh, on When you say that. What Digital you... notes. So oh. like I'm one of these people that if I've got a problem or I need to, th I think yeah. by writing. So I've got thousands of these different notes, but I never re-look really at them. Okay. So I've uh, got this thing called Obsidian Note Taker. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, so I'm, I'm a big note person. <laughs> yeah, we should actually talk about how you do notes and organisation. But um, this particular thing, it allows you to put backlinks in your notes. Okay. So backs. Oh, I know. Just in, uh, just in case. Well, the person's probably not listening to this. We done an interview with someone. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said that. I should have said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you you tell the story. Um, yeah. So we were just um, doing an interview, and um, we've been told about. Um, yeah, how they'd reached out and it's senior level interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about um getting link backs, and I think um, I mean, I just thought, right, okay, I I, I can see what's happening here, and you know, what's the time sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just a little bit awkward because actually they were talking about backlinks. Yeah, and I know for anyone listening, you're like link backs, backlinks. Oh, it's pretty much the same thing. Listen, when you work in this industry. Or, and this person had like what 15 years of experience yeah. if you work in this industry for 15 years and you're calling backlinks link backs and referring to twitter as the twitters you you can <laughs> fuck off like there's oh. no way so i i honestly made a real genuine mistake in the interview because i thought you know like 
uh, like Outback and like those like kind of like jerky companies and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought yeah, she yeah. was talking about a client she, or I, something. Okay. So I stopped. I'm like, sorry, Linkbacks is that? I didn't. What's that? Like a client? In retrospect, that sounded like I was taking the complete piss out of her. I, I didn't. I, didn't I thought want you were to. genuinely asking. I, I was like, genuinely asking. Yeah, but you. I was like, oh, so um, but yeah. So that was interesting sorry I, I like you were talking about your notes thing sorry that was a tangent notes yeah so there's a, a format called zettelkasten uh which is a way of um organizing uh, notes so my main notes is something called standard notes which is encrypted at rest because i put a lot of personal stuff in there so like if i lose my computer or if it's hacked in like that yeah. it's completely encrypted so if actually if i lose the password i lose everything which not sure about that but that's what i want it makes me feel that secure um in terms of organizing it, I use something. There's a guy called Tiago Forte um, who has a book called uh, Building a Second Brain. I'm real fun at parties, by the way. <laughs> Getting all the info. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uses something called the PARA method, which is projects, areas of responsibility, resources, ah, and archive. Does that right. sound familiar? Yes, it does. Yeah. I've seen that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and projects are active projects, things that are happening right now that have got an end date. A is a responsibility, things that um, don't really have an end date but need to be maintained. So like mm-hmm. recruitment, operations are all areas of responsibility. Yeah. Um, resources are things that just need to be maintained over time that you need to do your job. So like cred stacks and templates and stuff like that. And archive is stuff that you just need to store but doesn't change. So like legal and general insurance forms, uh, contracts, all that sort of thing. Um, so I organized everything with this tagging system and this backlinking system and it felt great because I had multiple note systems. I had Bear apps. I had um, Bear app as in like an app called Bear, not I think I'm from South London. I'm saying I had Bear apps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Apple notes and a bunch of others and just combined them all instead of going on social media weirdly satisfying i was gonna say very satisfying yeah yeah what's your how do you take notes um so in terms of like day to day if i'm walk i always basically i always have a way of taking notes so be that um if i'm at my laptop obviously my way my thing is i've got like excel spreadsheet and it's organized the way i need it it just means nothing what i what what my thing is is i want to know that i can write something down i'm not going to forget it at the right time so personally, I've got something on my phone that I use and that'll be my literally brain dump whenever I stop thinking about it. If I get up in the morning, I've thought about something um, before I go to bed and it's more just to get stuff out of my head. Um, and then from a work perspective, it's like, how do I organise stuff to know that? Because um, always, I'm always juggling a lot of stuff, but that, I, that works for me because I have a way of documenting things. So I know that I need to pick it up at the right time. So I've never got a massive list in front of me. I keep it quite focused, which then works. I don't feel stressed. I know the stuff that I need to get done is going to get done. Um, and then within that, I've got the things that I have to get done today. Do you have pers- what, is there a personal task management tool that you use outside of what our stuff is? Um, I do, do you know, I use an Excel workbook. Really? Yeah. Because your Excel to the core, eh? Yeah. Like, I love that. That's great. It's... Because I've actually tried different stuff, but I was like, I need something. This is just something I've built out that works for me. And the way that I do it is, sounds a bit weird, but I do it like on a weekly basis. But then I'll do like a couple of weeks in advance and then I put stuff in my calendar and then stuff in my calendar gets brought into the spreadsheet. 
So it's always a way of like ongoing. Nothing's going to get forgotten. I know where things are. I'm always like prioritizing things and putting them in the right place. So I've never got a long list because for me, a long list is the that's Pointless. that's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, it's it's anxiety provoking. Um, so when I see like people's inboxes, for example, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, that would just. I wonder. I was thinking that should we have you heard of GTD getting things done? It's a book by a guy called David Allen. Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. So his whole thing is like the human mind is meant to be a creativity and analytical center, not a storage device. Yeah. So, uh, and he thinks email is the absolute devil. What I was going to ask you is actually is like, how do you capture information? So I use something called to do, but it's spelled T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X. And it's a very minimalist to do thing. So you have, um, you know, it's like a Monday through Friday thing. You just put the tasks that you need to do Monday through Friday. And you take them off as you go. If you don't complete them on the day you're supposed to, it automatically rolls it over to the next. So actually, that's day. that's what I do in Excel. Really? That's weird because that's describes exactly what I do. So it's never a, a I've got my target. It's never it's never a lot of effort because I'm literally like, well, I know that I can do these tomorrow. So I just literally just move them across. That's what I do. Because the sort of stuff that we do, this is the challenge with any sort of like kind of leadership work is. With our deliverables in the agency, there's time against them. So, like, we know when it comes to, like, writing a press release, we know how long that takes. But if it's, like, come up with a new way of doing X, there's no real... You can kind of allocate time in your day, but there's no, like, hard time that you need to do it within. Um, But that's where I think there should be, because then... But that's how we we can definitely, like, scope it in I, I get what you're saying I suppose the way I work because the projects I work on so for example we want to look at our like revisit the PR process but what I tend to do is I'm like right I know this is my priority I'm going to aim to get for example a first draft to share with you in terms of my plan by I don't know like this week because that's realistic in terms of the actual time that you give it how do you do that oh interesting yeah I think I so I don't really think it See, I think in my head, I'll look at what me, like, practically speaking, I'll look what I've already got scheduled in. That's the other thing I have actually in front of me. I obviously have my calendar, but I also, I actually also have on a day, I have a list of these are my meetings. This is what I want to work on because then I can more easily plan it out. Um, The way that I'll do it is I'll block time. Um, And I think, you know, there's like the deep work thing, um, which is... Um, I've read I'll be honest I've listened to half of it on audible <laughs> it's quite good <laughs> yeah it is it's very relevant I've still got it on my um, audible um but yeah it makes sense as well because again I can take a lot of information in but I have to park stuff which is how I work because then I just get more done and um, so the deep work the idea of blocking things out does work for me because actually I'll perhaps do the little bits that need to get done in the morning then I'm like right I'm just going to focus on this now if anything comes up well up up um you know I can say to somebody I'll pick that up later I'll look at it tomorrow because yeah. then it's off my plate but they've I've acknowledged it um so yeah that's what I tend to do and I think normally if it's a planning thing this is really broad it does depend what you're doing but normally if I've got like a few hours solid because once for me it's the we talked earlier about more what is it um think more do less Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's the thing for me. It's just having that time to actually put the stuff down and then structure it. Yes. And then come back to it as well with fresh eyes probably the next day. It's weird. We do almost the exact same thing. So when it comes to any sort of like building work for me so that I need to think stuff through, I give myself pomodoros. So I'll do 20 minutes, yep. stop, 20 minutes, stop, 20 minutes, stop. And I'll do a batch of three. But uh, within 20 minutes, when I time box it, weirdly, it makes me very... Like, and because you know that if you stop, you're not going to get it done. So you just put your first draft down with yeah. skeleton outline. That's it. Even if it's rubbish, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Then break, then go back to it and be like, right, now let's make this something. And then you can start properly building it out and fleshing it out. But exactly. it should not take more than 20 minutes because that's when your procrastination will kick in and be like, you should put a load of washing on you yeah should <laughs> exactly go make a cup of tea you should whatever and I think also you feel a lot I, the way I see it as well I feel quite good I don't also you you also don't force it too much but I know I always make sure I start it when I know I'm in a point where I can I'm in a good place to focus on it mm. and I I can probably do to be honest this isn't the Pomodoro thing but I do feel like I probably do maybe like 45 minutes and then I'll just take a break I'll always make sure anything like that that's a bigger task, that's a project, I'll always make sure I can come back to it over the next couple of days. Like, I'm I'm not the best person to rush things. I'm really not because it's just because I like to come back with it fresh eyes. And then I feel like when I take other people through it, it feels more thought out. It feels more structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that balance as well. Doing something's better than nothing. That's the other thing. Um, you don't want it. Yes, you want it to be good, but I've also learned over the years from, like, it comes back, to, for me, it comes back to school because I think I handed in a couple of projects late and the teachers refused to look at it. For me, it's a massive learning. Yeah, but I was like, they did in the end. But I realised actually it's better to get it good enough. than I like things to be, you know, I'm a detailed person, but equally I'd rather there's a balance. Like, you want to spend a good amount of time on it to be good um but equally I'm like there's no point me spending too long on the first draft because actually once I've come back to it or discussed it with somebody it's gonna change yeah good writing is not writing it's editing so just get it down yeah um talking about school did you ever have punishment exercises in your school no no or a punny as we (laughs) called it you obviously did well yeah but it was like you know like you like the old Victorian thing is like writing lines. Yeah, did you have that? Well, no, we had like a school rule charter that we had to write out and it was like oh. two sides of A4. We had to just write it out as a punishment exercise. So done something wrong in class, the teacher would be like, right, that's a punishment exercise. And you'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, sir. And he's like, that's two. And you're like, Jesus. He's <laughs> like, that's three. And like every, every time you reacted, so you have three back-to-back things of the school rules. So I remember it was in drama class. Come on, come on. And um, I know I can't believe it on drama. Um, it was actually good fun. Uh, I think I fancied someone in the class. That's probably why. And um, so I got these four punishment exercises to do. So it took ages, man, and it's dull, right? And it registration. You're literally copying it. Yes. Oh my god. And then it's 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 quite effective. It's like a non-violent way of punishing people. Yeah. Hand into your registration teacher. Me thinking, oh, he's going to at least look at it and check it. He's like, thanks, rep. Rip, oh rip my ben. god! I was like, that took me. <laughs> you know you're gonna look at it. And of course, did you do it again? You did not. No. So it was quite a good way of um, instilling whatever that was. Uh, but yeah, 
we're on the hour. Yeah, cool. And um, one thing I do want to pick up, actually, very importantly, um, you're off on holiday in a couple of weeks. You're taking time off. I know. So, what are you doing on holiday? Well, I mean, I'm going to an SEO conference <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the holiday. Yeah, I'm going to SEO on the beach mm-hmm. on the 18th and 19th, and then I'm staying there for the full week in La Manga. Um, so I've booked like a really fancy hotel, which is like an hour away from the event, mm. um, which we'll go to and just like peace out, take a bunch of books and just just bake in the sun, really, and just do a, bit, a whole load of nothing. Um, not done that since New Year 2020. New Year 2019, yeah. Wow. That's the last one. That's crazy. It's like two and a half years. Yeah, people say that. I think that's like a very like Western British thing. It's like you've not taken a break in two and a half years, and you go to like any other country, and it's like we oh, haven't no. been on holiday in twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it is important to take breaks. Uh, to be fair, I did yeah. take um, a long weekend in Cornwall last April, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, which was great. Swam in the sea. Yes, you did. Yeah, that um, was, uh, the mango will be a little bit warmer, hopefully. It'll be a little bit warmer, <laughs> yeah. And also, like you get to see some. The, the nice thing about it is you get to see pals. I think one of the reasons why I don't go on holidays is <laughs> get ready for the sob story. As a single man, um, unless you're going to like a party place, which I'm not into. Like going, yeah. I, I used to go to Ibiza every quarter for a client thing, and it oh, just wow. massively put me off. Just I really, hate everything yeah. about it. Yeah. There's a cool hippie part of Ibiza, which is kind of chill and nice. Yeah. But the whole, like, you know, jelly shots or, like, drinking tequila out of someone's belly button is fine when you're 19. But yeah, a bit different now. Yeah, less into it. And also, not COVID safe. <laughs> <laughs> Guys and girls. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to taking a bit of a, a break. But as a single guy, the prospect of just going on your own and just looking out the window is a bit like, uh, I would actually just rather be here with my pals and like you know. That I sort get of thing. it. Yeah, I, so. yeah. I've I've been like been there as well, and I think that is it. It was more like I'd end up um like going to see people who lived abroad. So that was oh, always quite a good. Idea. Yeah, that was like a nice thing because then you had like nice like you know go and see them, hang out, but then you'd probably have a bit maybe if they were working or whatever, you'd have a bit of time to yourself. That was always quite a nice balance. That's a great idea actually. Go see some friends that live abroad yeah. but do it when they're working. Because the thing that I would hate is living in someone's house for a week. Oh I didn't stay at theirs. I booked a hotel. Great That's the idea. other thing. Because then I'll go see Yuri and Ljubljana, go to Lake Bled. Okay. Where do you want to go? gorgeous. Yeah. Have you been to Lake Bled? No. Amazing. Where is it? Uh it's near Kranskagora in Slovenia. Oh, wow. Oh, I've seen pictures, but I haven't, yeah. Phenomenal. I absolutely love the place and the people as well. It's phenomenal. Um, Nina, who's one of our old developers, um, her parents had a vineyard in there and it was on oh, the border wow. between uh, Slovenia and Italy. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. It was oh. just, I've Can never been visit? that camp. <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I mean, when I do visit, I'll, I'll probably go and see her, but that's a good idea. Go see some people, yeah. you know. So if anyone's listening to this that doesn't live in the UK and your climate is nice, there you go. Invite, Ross is please. coming to see you. Yeah. Are you taking holidays? Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm actually, first time I think, I, we went away in October, oh, end of September, so before I started working with Taipei. Um, but yeah, I'm actually going to Edinburgh next week, which oh, I'm. Oh, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so not going for the um 
like these. Obviously not the good weather, but it looks like it's going to be okay. It'll but be all right. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be 15 degrees. I'm like, that's fine. That's our um, summer. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy. Taps um, off. <laughs> I'm super excited. Like, I'm just going with my mum for a few days and... I think with obviously it's a Queen's Jubilee. I thought it would be a good week to have off because it'll probably be quite quiet anyway, like in work. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to being somewhere else, just visiting somewhere new and just being out of London because I love London. I love being here, but it'll just be nice to be somewhere a bit different for a few days. And yeah, and then we've got uh, got SE on the beach as well. And then the end of the month, we've got a wedding just outside Paris. And we've actually got quite a big month coming up, which is exciting. All happening for you. Yes. That's uh, actually I'm going to France the first time on Monday. So for a client thing, but Oh you are, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, you're actually going exactly, you're going to visit a client abroad. Yeah. Really exciting. It's been ages since we've done that actually. Mm. We used to do it like literally every quarter for their QBRs, but um so COVID and whatever yeah. we, we couldn't go. But yeah, taking the team for the first time as well. Gonna be exciting. Uh but what's more exciting is the company meeting that we're about to have. Yes. So yes. thank you know. for taking the time and uh thanks for listening everyone and we shall uh, talk to you again same yes. time next month Super